Welcome to the Wilton Baptist Church, where we worship God, walk with others, and win people to the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm Pastor Steve, and our congregation is pleased to share this message with you today, and we pray it'll be a blessing and an encouragement to you. Blessings as you listen or watch. Romans 12 to begin. Romans chapter 12 and Colossians 3. We'll call this message new for you. Romans 12 is where we were at last time. We'll start there and go on to Colossians 3. Dr. Ann Lemke is from Stanford, and I read an interesting NPR article that she had or that they titled "Too Much Pleasure Can Lead to Addiction: How to Break the Cycle and Find Balance." Very interesting article. I read through that. Now she comes at biology and uh, mental health or brain health from an evolutionary standpoint. That's very clear in how she attempts to articulate some things, but uh, their observations about the potential of addictions is uh, spot on and is very helpful. A dopamine hit is how it begins. A dopamine hit brings about pleasure and then is quickly followed by pain or come down in order to keep us motivated. Lemke says, this balancing seesaw of pleasure and pain made sense in the time of early humans when we had to constantly search for our basic needs, food, water, shelter. She said, it's really an ingenious method to make sure that no matter what we do, that's pleasurable. It doesn't last very long, and it's followed by pain so that immediately we're searching again, she says. But in modern life, we live in a world of abundance rather than scarcity. Lemke says, our brains weren't evolved for the fire hose of dopamine. So we know our minds didn't evolve, but she's catching on to something that is uh, very important about our modern life, what we all have experienced. And I like that, that phrase, the fire hose of dopamine, because if we're honest, if you would assess your life, you're probably a dopamine addict and don't even know it. Okay? Social media... And the ease, the rather ease of life compared to all the rest of history has set us up for becoming addicted to it. And it's an innocent thing, but it happens. So sugar is one of those. It's immediate pleasure. It's hard to stop eating ice cream and cookies. I, I get it. I know it. I mean, I love this stuff too. Social media. Some of us, as soon as we woke up, we flipped out the phone and you don't flip it out. You whipped it out, and uh, you're already checking stuff and posting stuff. And, you know, I mean, already, already today, perhaps some of us put it an hour in, or the first thing we went to was something on our devices, television, sex, drugs, or any number of other dopamine-triggering stimuli that's so easily available. Lemke goes on to say, almost every behavior has become drugified, drugified. When we're repeating, uh, repeatedly exposed to our pleasure-producing stimuli, 
our brains adjust, and eventually we need more and more just to feel normal and to not feel the pain or the absence of that particular pleasure. And so uh, doctors will call this a, a deficit, a dopamine deficit state. That's what they would call it, a dopamine deficit state. I'm just not getting that hit of dopamine, of pleasure that I'm looking for. And uh, we have things that, that comes about. It's an evil cycle. There's depression, there's anxiety, extra irritability, even in, insomnia. People can't sleep because oh, I need to see what's happening in the world on my social media devices. I think we could say that our devices have become our vices. Our devices have become our vices. Our media is our new mom. You know, when you were a kid, who do you need? I need mom. I need, my, I need a parent. Well, the stuff that we have has kind of replaced mom and, and some of our uh, comfort or need levels. The comfort food of our soul has become app souffle. App souffle. Take whatever app, social media you like. You know, we're, just, we're stuck on these things. Our freedom of communication really are new chains that we're wearing. We have great freedom of communication, and sometimes we don't even relate to the people right beside us in our houses, in our rooms, or even uh, just, just in our life. Our minds are mindlessly seeking that next hit, that next hit. I ain't what I once was was the title of last week's message, and since last Sunday, we've had hundreds and hundreds of downloads of that message. So people are looking for this. This is interesting. It's brain health, mind health. And uh, this dopamine thing has totally affected our society. Here's our passage to begin. In Romans 12, verse 1 and 2, notice here, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, Holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. So it's reasonable that this is how we are to live towards the Lord. And be not conformed to this world. We unpacked that last week, the conformity. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Here's our mind. That you may prove, let God prove this to you, demonstrate it, test it if you want to, that he may prove, you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So we know that we can find what is acceptable to the Lord, what is good, what is acceptable. It'll change our life. And it all starts with the renewal of our mind. So don't be conformed. We don't think like the world thinks. We have a, a new way of thinking, of perceiving, of receiving information, and then letting that flow out into our lives and relationships. But it goes back to that transformation, that transformation. So I pulled the butterfly back out because the word for transformation is uh, metamorphosis, metamorpho. So here's the butterfly and here's the video. Check out this.
I love it when it stretches its wings out for the first time. Wasn't that awesome? Um, I understand. I have on good authority that the um, butterfly, if you try to help it out, it, it makes it weaker. It has to struggle to bite its way out or work its way out there. So part of what we experience in our metamorphosis, sometimes the struggles even, that can make us stronger. God can use that because he is transforming us as we're yielding our lives to the Lord. Now, that word renewing, what we just saw there, like this caterpillar to butterfly, it means a renewal, a renovation, complete change, a complete overhaul, complete change for the better. Notice it's not renewed and done, but there's a renewing that God has expressed that he desires to see in us. Renewing is continual, it's constant and daily. That, um, that creature was a caterpillar that become a butterfly, but it has the same DNA, the same genetic coding, the same carbon material. It's the same thing, only new. But it's new. It's a new creature. And as we've been looking at it, this is what we know is true in our Christian lives. I'd like to call this message, I'm new for you. We could call it uh, twice made or born again. But uh, let's go with this. I'm new for you. Or I'm new for you. Because it works itself out both horizontally and vertically in our lives. I'm new for you. So let's go to Colossians chapter 3. We'll look at verses 5 through 11 as we begin. And go ahead and find it if you would. Mortify. We get the word mortician from this. Mortify. And uh, it has to do with putting to death. Mortify, therefore, your members. He's talking about the flesh. Not our bodies, but the fleshly desires which are upon the earth, and here they are. Here's these desires that can become out of, uh, out of balance, that can be sinful in our lives. So our flesh is going towards the sinful things. Fornication, uncleanness. Okay, uncleanness would be impurity. Uh, fornication, sexual type sins. Inordinate affection, that word affection, inordinate, uh, just, it's, it's lost, it's out-of-balance desire, a lust, evil concupiscence, okay? Concupiscence, if you want to write beside what that means, it means desire, desire, evil desire, and covetousness, this has to do with greed, which is idolatry. All right, so in our lives, any time that we have these leading our lives instead of other things that we'll look at, it's like idol worship. In those moments... My flesh has replaced God, and I'm following after these sinful uh, qualities or in, in qualities here. Verse 6, for which things sake, uh, the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience. All right, in God's timing, he corrects all the wrong. In the which ye also walked sometime when ye lived in them. You used to live like this. You used to think like this. These used to be your priorities when you were living and desiring the flesh only. But there's another component to us. He says, put it off. But now ye also put off all these. Put it off. Anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, 
that has to do with slander against God. Anytime we're speaking ill of God, not only just cursing or taking God's name in vain, but blaspheming, I'm slandering God. Filthy communication, filthy language, filthy speaking. Take that out of your mouth. He says, put it off. Like changing clothes, put that off, put it out. Lie not one to another, seeing that you have put off the old man with his Deeds, You put that off. And then verse 10 tells us about being a new man. And have put on, so he's changing clothes, the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Where there's neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond or free, but Christ is all and in all. So I'm new for you. Put to death, he says, what Jesus died for. He died for our sin and our sinfulness. He says, put that to death. Envision yourself being crucified with Christ. And friends, Jesus took your sin. That was his burden on the cross. All the sins of the past are present and any future sins. This is mind-boggling to think about. But he already paid the price for our sin on the cross. It's already been paid for. So he says, put it to death, our fleshly ambition. Now, this dopamine thing I just mentioned, here's what happens. It can, be, it can start out as innocent. You know, I, I just want to see what other people are doing. Here's, you're on Facebook and Pinterest. I mean, I need to know how to cook. I need Pinterest for that, you know. So I'm, I, innocently, I'm looking at different things, and it can become something that starts to control us. So don't let good things or innocent but unnecessary things crowd out the best things in our life. There's some best things that we neglect or don't think about because our, our lives are so cluttered. And I, I believe, here's an I believe, I, I think that Satan, one of Satan's best ploys is to keep us so busy. We're entertained out of our minds. Everything's just so busy, 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 that we don't pause and take time with God for real spiritual formation and real spiritual development. So we need to triage, triage, triage your thoughts. Triage your thoughts. Okay. Some of you uh, medical people, you know what I'm talking about. Basically, uh, you figure out what's the most important thing. The French word trier, and that's the origin of the word triage, was originally applied for the process of sorting around 1792 uh, by Baron Dominique Jean Laurey. And he was a surgeon for Napoleon's. He was the chief surgeon in Napoleon's Imperial Guard. And Loray was credited with designing a flying ambulance. It didn't actually go in the, the air, but uh, they, it was a mobile ambulance, basically. And out of the French services emerged this concept of triage. And it has to do with placing an organizational structure to, to identify what is most needed to address what is most needed in a circumstance or an event. Like right now in Israel, there's triage stations all over the place, both in Israel and in uh, the other uh, Gaza and other places, I'm sure, all around. And it has to do with a sorting of an allocation of treatment to patients according to a system of priorities. Now, we need to triage our lives in a spiritual capacity, in a mental, in a brain capacity, Okay, if I'm giving all my time and attention and mental faculties to this, then some of the best things that I really need are being neglected. 
And it's, it's because these things are fleshly informed, and sometimes we just don't identify. I just want it. It makes me feel good. It's ha- I'm happy when I'm scrolling. And, and... But wait a minute. There's other things over here that are neglected or have gone by the wayside, or I say I don't have time for Christian thoughts or action. Paul tells the Colossians to find the high-value way to think. As we read the next few verses, think about how can we minimize the old and maximize the new. The old fleshly nature versus here's the new spiritual uh, Christian-formed nature. It's resurrected with Christ, as we'll find. So let's keep reading then, Colossians 3, verse 12. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God. So as Christian people, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies. Okay, we don't use that language too often, you know, bowels of mercies. But what is he talking about? It's heartfelt compassion. Put on some heartfelt compassion. And uh, compassion has to do with mercy. And sometimes we're just lacking in mercy. Sometimes we're lacking in uh, a, a healthy level of compassion, but he tells them, put this on. Instead of who you used to be, put on some compassion in how you're thinking and perceiving your lens of life. Need some compassion, some bowels of mercy. Kindness. I'm going to be kind, like the scripture says, be kind one to another. This humbleness of mind, this great humility, we're to wear this humility to have that inform our thinking to guide us as we interact with others. And uh, let's continue on then with meekness. Meekness is strength under control. Strong. You, You men are strong. Sometimes we let people know how strong we are and it's damaging because we need humility and meekness. It's, it's strength under control. That's what meekness is. So we need some gentleness. That's what he's talking about. Put on some gentleness. Um, I'm not always as gentle. I want to be more gentle in my relationships with family and, and everybody. I mean, sometimes we're just, as a matter of fact, you know, pop, 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 pop. Okay, we need some strength under control. Long-suffering, okay, suffering long is patience. Patience is what he's speaking of here. Then forbearing, that means accepting, forbearing one another. So that idiot that you don't like, okay, it's okay. There are idiots. It's okay. Uh, The idiot that you don't like were to have patience with that person and to forbear them. Forbear means to accept them. Yeah, I accept you. I don't want to hang out with you, but I accept you. You know, you're a valid person. <laughs> uh, you're, you are important to God. I mean, this is kind of tough sometimes, but so you're validating people in your mind then. You're forbearing, you're accepting towards them. And forgiving one another. Ooh. Okay, we know what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is not forgetting. It's not the same thing. Forgiveness doesn't automatically mean I trust a person again. It may be time to rebuild that trust. So sometimes we misidentify what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is, I'm not going to continually hold this against them and hold it over their head, and every time I see them, be condemning towards them. Because Jesus paid the price for their sin towards you already. And God, whether you like it or not, has already forgiven them because of Christ. So forgiving one another. If you may have a quarrel, against any. Quarrel has the idea of complaining. So if you're constantly complaining about people or complaining to others, check your spirit on this. 
I have a quarrel against somebody. I'm complaining about them. Even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things, put on charity. That's love, which is the bond of perfectness. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, through which you are also called in one body, and be ye thankful. So we need these qualities to be more at the forefront of our mind rather than the other fleshly desires and lust and all these other sinful ways of looking at things. So, friends, there are spiritual factors in everybody's life. There are biological or physical factors that affect every one of us. And there are mental or brain factors that affect all of us. That's why the Bible tells us that we are a trichotomy. Uh, we're, we're a trilogy. You're a trilogy, body, soul, and spirit. Body, soul, and spirit. So you have physical things that affect you. You have mental or brain factors, soul, that affects you. And you have spiritual, the spirit, the pneuma, uh, the Holy Spirit living in you, connecting with your spirit as well. So these are the reasons, the three factors for how and why you are the way that you are. All three come together in what we call you and me. And they all impact us. In various ways. Now, life is comprised of tiny choices that result in big, big outcomes. And dopamine is a chemical hormone in your brain that is called a pleasure hormone. It's not a sinful thing. God made us this way. It's a natural thing. It's a, a good thing that God gave us this uh, chemical hormone and the reactions and everything. And uh, let's just talk about this for a moment. When we get a spritz of dopamine in our brain whenever there's pleasurable activities. And uh, it could be a good thing. It could be a bad thing. It could be something that's neutral that's just out of balance. The cycle of addiction will cause a drive for more dopamine with substance abuse, drugs, marijuana, alcohol, behavior abuse such as pornography or binging TV or video games or constant cell phone usage and just I'm always texting. And some of you have maybe have been like this, like, oh, man, my, my phone just buzzed. I mean, I got to see what happened. Why, why is it buzzing? Turn those things off. I have to turn them off. <laughs> uh, and it's important to, to figure this out. Social media, I mean, I'm just scrolling hours at a time, and it's just like the, the first thing I think about is, is uh, what's happening. It could be the news, the evening news, or the constant 24-hour news cycle. These things can captivate us and give us a dopamine spritz. It's just a little bit. But over time, that high goes down. Wait a minute, I need a little bit more. Okay, so this is why... It's easy for you to start with one episode and then binge until you can't stay awake. That's why. Because I need a little bit more. That's why addicts are stuck on. It could be a substance. It could be a behavior. The, what the substance is isn't quite as... as um, it's, it's impactful too, but it's, it's dopamine in your brain already. Now, natural and helpful amounts of dopamine, these are good things. A hug. Getting a hug. Giving a hug. That's high value. These other things were low value. Those aren't as important, but they still give about the same amount of dopamine. Um, some are fire hydrant things, like uh, porn addicts. It's a fire hydrant just constantly, and they get deeper and deeper in that because it's just it's overwhelming to the soul. It really is. Guys, we're going to talk about some more of that tomorrow. Natural and helpful amounts of dopamine. Petting your dog. Petting your dog. 
okay? Um, that is a healthy spritz of dopamine. There's a few more. Let's see, uh, exercise. Exercise, that's okay, that's a good thing. Get some exercise, some good spritz of dopamine. You could go on, go and do too much exercise, like I need more, I need more, so you're wearing your body down, but a good amount of exercise is good. Sex with your spouse, that's high value. It's high value, dopamine. It's good, it's a healthy level. Keep it up, it's good. Not even the substance, the product, the program, or the app, but the mere practice, the repetition, and then it builds, and it changes how we think because we're feeding the flesh. Okay? These are bi- this is all mind things that affect us spiritually, that affect us physically. See where we're, so- where we're going with this. But really, it may be that it starts physically, it affects us mentally, affects our brain, and then it affects our spirit. And we wonder, why am I irritable? Why am I, why am I angry? Why does my spirit feel parched? Why can't I sleep? Why am I having relationship struggles? Why, why all these problems? Okay, it's a fierce cycle. It's a fierce cycle. And so I hope that uh, you'll be encouraged here to minimize the old ways of thinking and maximize new ways of thinking. So how do I do this? I'm glad you asked. We need to look at the first three verses of this chapter. Okay, so Colossians 3, look at the first few verses, because he already gives us the answer. We just didn't read it yet. If ye then be risen with Christ. Wait a minute. I'm resurrected? I'm risen with Christ? Yeah, I'm a new person in Jesus. I'm a new creation. Remember the metamorphosis? Okay, the old flesh, sinfulness, sinful desires, put that to death and put on something new. Uh, I am risen with Christ. That's talking about resurrection. Uh, seek, you may want to circle that, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. We would say, well, that must be heaven. Verse 2, set, it's another verb that we're to do, set, you may want to circle that, your affection on things above, not on things of the earth. For ye are dead. Wait a minute, I'm living today. It looks like we're all living today. Um, I'm living today, but he says, I'm dead. You are dead, and your life is hid with Christ and God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. We're all looking forward to verse 4. That's when the bodily resurrection takes place. And your body right now is going to be transformed physically, what God's already doing spiritually on your insides. I'm being transformed to be like Christ. And in verse 4, in the future, when the rapture trumpet sounds, we'll get that new body. That's when the completion of a redemption takes place. Our physical body, the molecules, everything is going to be like the body of Christ. But it's still you. It's still you. The same body that you're in, but transformed. It's absolutely amazing. I've been studying that in recent uh, weeks, and uh, we'll come back to that maybe in some other uh, message set. But uh, notice this. We can minimize the old and maximize the new. I'll give you four ways. Number one, speak truth to your soul. Speak truth to your soul. If ye be risen with Christ, if ye be risen with Christ. So only you know if you're saved or not. If ye be risen with Christ, 
Seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. This bodily resurrection makes everything possible for us to have a resurrection body in the future, but it also gives us a new life today. And we often overlook that. We think in, in the heavenly realm, we think of uh, future, I get to be with God in heaven, and we forget that he's changing us now, our spirit is being transformed now and our lives can then reflect the glory of God in our lives with our choices, in our relationships. And so speak truth to your soul. You're already a winner over sin, death, and hell because you're in Christ. You're already risen with Christ, like this verse says. These are some facts that sometimes we neglect to think about And because we're not thinking about it, then we get trapped in these cycles of sin and addictions and other problems. We have yet to experience that until we receive our new bodies in the resurrection. But friends, you're a winner in Christ. God sees you as as already won over whatever that sin is. Romans 8 clarifies verses 31 through 37. What shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died. Yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Nobody shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword, as it is written for thy sake we are killed all the day long we are counted as sheep for the slaughter nay in all these things listen to this can you say it with me in all these things here together we are more than conquerors through him that loved us it's not past tense it's present tense it's right now you and i are conquerors in christ we're conquerors you're already a winner so here's what happens We have all this input of all this other stuff, life, busyness, society, war, uh, problems, workplace, school, relationship issues, all this stuff's pouring into us, pouring into us, and we forget to speak truth to our soul. I'm resurrected with Christ. I have a new life in Jesus. And let me tell you something. Your problems don't go away, but it sure does change everything. Your perspective change, your spirit changes, you're no longer complaining and bitter and upset and everything's wrong and ah, nah, nah, all, all this type of way of thinking. Speak truth into your soul. A positive truth needs to saturate our minds. Self-talk. Self-talk. Speak to yourself. And this is what the, the Bible teaches us. We're to uh, say these psalms. We're going to sing these songs to one another. We're going to share scriptures with one another. We're going to study the scripture. Why? Because it speaks truth into our soul. Study the scriptures, Paul tells Timothy. Well, of course, we're going to speak truth to our soul. So we have to remind ourselves our truth, the truth that God's given us. You are valuable to God. Some days you don't feel like it, but speak that. God still loves me. I messed up. This was wrong. Forgive me. He still loves you. You are a winner in Christ. My old nature does not need to control me. I am resurrected with Jesus. And friends, whether you believe it right now or not, God can do great things in every person's life right here. Be renewed. Let God transform you.
what we started out with. He can do that in your life. And he's doing that. He's already begun a good work in you. He's going to complete it. He's doing a good work. Trust that. Believe that. Stop speaking lies to yourself. I can't do it. I'm unworthy. I I can't do anything right. I'm always going to be an addict. I'm always going to be angry. I'm always going to be bitter. And I can't forgive that person. Stop speaking those lies to yourself. Speak truth into your soul. So speak truth into your soul. Number two, seek eternal things. In verse one, he makes that very clear. You circled it just a moment ago. Seek those things which are above. To seek, zeteo, to seek in order to find. It almost has the idea, this person's not going to stop until they find it. I'm going to keep looking. I'm going to seek. To seek in order to find out. Not just find something, but to find out uh, an idea even or a truth. By thinking, meditating, reasoning, or inquiring into something. To seek after, to aim at something, to strive for something. So I'm shooting for something. I'm, I'm aiming for something. Didn't Jesus tell us this in Matthew 6, 33? But seek ye first the kingdom of God. Seek that first. And his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. All the stuff that we tend in our flesh to worry about or to consume us. Or I have to go get that. Or I want to know what's going on. And I need that next hit of dopamine. I mean, I haven't ever thought about it like that. But that's, that's what I'm doing. Okay, seek first the kingdom of God. And his righteousness and everything that you really need, God provides for us. Seek the eternal things. God will provide all that we need. Look to eternity. Look to eternity and see God meet your needs today. He can, and he will, and he has. Make peace with God for tomorrow, but have peace in your heart today. Today. These things are all affected. That future should affect us today. What we do with our time. Just a tiny little minute. Only 60 seconds in it. Forced upon me, can't refuse it. Didn't seek it, didn't choose it. I must suffer if I lose it, give accounts if I abuse it, just a tiny little minute, but eternity is in it. Those little choices each day, each moment make a big difference. So seek eternal high value things and set your affection on the heavenly. Verse 2 continues, set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. Small choices have lasting consequences or blessings. Every attitude is either helpful or harmful. There's a few neutral things, but for the most part, it's either going to help you in your walk with God, relationships with others, or it could take away from that. I understand the Missouri and Columbia rivers actually originate near the same place. Just they're, they're several feet away. And if, the, if one, river, one river, the water starts and goes down one side of the mountain, and just a few yards away, if that water starts and it goes down the other side of the mountain, that's, it ends up going to a totally different place, different sides of our continent. And so the small choices, just, just I'm talking about just a little bit apart, have long-lasting consequences on the direction of our life, which way we're going to go. Set. This word has to do with, the mo- in the most general sense, phreneo means to think, to use your mind. However, it doesn't mean a momentary isolated thought. It's a consistent pattern of thinking. It's not just like, oh, one time I thought about heaven. No, it's like I'm thinking about eternal things. I'm setting my affection. I'm thinking and directing my affection or my heart towards things that are high value, that have a long-lasting 
um, uh, connection to eternity, to heavenly things. So not just one-time thing, it's a, a pattern of thought. One dictionary says this, to form an opinion, to think a certain way, to set one's mind on, or to have an attitude. So we're developing our attitudes towards God, towards others, by how we're looking forward to heaven. So guide your heart. So important to guide your heart with your mind, renewing your mind. Uh, guard your head. Guard your head. How about this? Proverbs twenty-three nineteen. Hear thou, my son, and be wise. Guide thine heart in the way. Proverbs 4, verse 23, keep, it means to protect, protect the, your heart with all diligence. For out of it are the issues of life. And a wonderful verse, Philippians 4, 8. It has a lot of whatsoever's in it. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Think of heavenly qualities. So speak truth into your soul. Seek eternal things. Set your affection on the heavenly. And, and finally this, settle your mind with this idea. I'm a dead man who's living. I'm a dead man who's living. Now, the verse 3 tells us here, when Christ, or actually verse, uh, verse 3, for we are dead, ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. We're dead. He's talking about the fleshly desires. Your physical body's here, but those affections and things, remember we're crucified with Christ, so those desires have started to change. The lust doesn't have to control you. The inordinate affection doesn't have to control you. The anger, the bitterness, these things do not have to control you. We don't have to have those things in our life. They'll come up from time to time. You know what you do? Confess it. God, please forgive me and ask him to help because you're already a winner in Christ. Settle your mind. I'm a dead, a living dead man. I'm hidden. Wave the white flag. Surrender. Wave that flag. Surrender. All to Jesus I surrender. I'm risen from the dead with Christ with a new spiritual outlook that affects my mind and my body. We have a bodily resurrection in the future, but it affects us today. John the Baptist knew this. This is why he said, he must increase and I must decrease. He understood that. His life wasn't about him. I'm pointing people to Jesus. The apostle Paul knew this. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. In the life that I live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Our lives are not about ourselves. This is one of the most difficult concepts in Christianity. And here's, here's why. We have this dualism going on. We want to do what's right, but our flesh keeps saying no. Don't do it. Do what you want to do. Make, do, what, do what that dopamine spritz makes you feel good do. do. Do that instead. And there's healthy ways to do that. But we don't want to be addicted to those things. I'm new for him. That's future. I'm new for you. That's the here and now. That's right here. Everyday life. In peace, let me resign my breath and thy salvation see. My sins deserve eternal death, but Jesus died for me. And you have a new life in Christ. I hope that this will be a help today as we consider 
these uh, response questions. I, I've been challenged as I've studied this. The next couple of weeks, we'll examine this some more. Our brain health, our mental health, connected to our body, our, our biology, and, and our spirit. It all affects the other. Here's some questions. You can see them on the screen. May the Lord help me to speak truth into my soul. May the Lord help me to speak truth into my soul. Maybe I didn't put it on the screen. Just listen to the, the words here. God, help me to speak truth into my soul. I need to remind myself. I'm valued. I'm loved. The sin doesn't have to control me. It's truth. I'm, I'm, I have victory in Christ. God, help me to speak that truth into my heart each day. Anybody like that? That's why I need that. I need that self-talk. It's truth in my heart. Yes. We need to remind ourselves of these truths. Number two, I will turn my eyes and my heart to heavenly values. I'm going to turn my eyes and my heart to heavenly values. God spoke to me about that. Okay, looking forward to something. Yes, eternal things. Are you settled? Here's the third question. Am I really settled? I'm a living dead man. Or do I keep feeding the flesh and going after the spritzes of dopamine because I just... I feel like I don't know any better, but it's just what I do. It becomes a coping mechanism. Lord, I want to be a living dead man, living for you, being hidden, not my life, but I'm hidden in Christ. God spoke to me about that. Anybody? God bless you. Many others? Yes, yes. And then maybe there's a friend that's never been changed yet. The Christians are changing. We're becoming more like Christ, but you've never trusted Christ. You never believed the gospel today. Trust Christ. Ask him to be your savior. Believe the gospel for yourself. Anybody say, I'd like to know more about salvation. I want to be saved and have my sins forgiven. Anybody like that? Just raise your hand. Okay. Let's take a moment and pray and commit these decisions to the Lord. Father, we're so thankful for how you made us, body, soul, and spirits. And we thank you that we can read the scriptures and know already what uh, scientists and other people are already just discovering about how our minds work. Lord, help us not to feed our flesh or run after uh, fleshly evil desires, but let us follow after healthy relationships and love and joy and peace and your righteousness. And Lord, we pray that we would continue to see life change to be more like Christ. Strengthen each one with the decisions they've made here today. We thank you for hearing our prayer. We thank you for being our God. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.